David Orban, and I am very glad to have all of you following the show. Before we start, I want to remind you uh, that even if uh, we are live, you can always watch past episodes, both on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, and on YouTube, you can also subscribe uh, to the channel. We also have a Discord community, and I invite you to join on davidorban.com Discord. And finally, if you find the show valuable, as well as uh, the other content that I produce and the knowledge that I share, you are welcome to become a supporter on Patreon at patreon.com slash davidorban. Today's theme uh, is knowledge management. How do you manage the information flow? What are the ways that you cope with overload? What are the best tools of knowledge management? The guest is Massimo Curatella. Max is a designer, a facilitator, a writer, and also a friend. Uh, he lives in Rome with his wife and son. And we met a few years ago when he came to a meetup I organized. I have the habit of uh, setting up uh, impromptu meetings around uh, themes that interest me, uh, such as technology-driven social change, uh, decentralization, network society. Uh, sometimes a dozen people come, uh, sometimes several hundred. At the Rome meeting, there were not many people, but one of them was very passionate, curious, and skeptical. He held the Italian edition of my book, Something New, AIs and Us, full of, full of notes and markups. On the first page, he jotted, Sono tutte stronzate? Is this all bullshit? So we evidently had to go to have a pizza and several beers. And after the event, we kept talking into the night. Since then, Massimo became uh, the Italian ambassador of Network Society, a collaborator on several projects, as well as the agent provocateur on many of the things that I do. Uh, for example, he was the person behind the idea that gave rise to the context, my weekly uh, video series alongside this one, Searching for the Question Live. One of Max's passions is knowledge management, so I thought I would invite him on the show. Welcome, Max. I mute myself. Ah, Hi, everybody. Well, hello, yeah. hello, hello, hello. <laughs> it's a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. So, uh, and I told you uh, full uh, like two hours ago that you should be on the show, right? Yeah, in fact, as, as usual, that, that's what I like. That's good. That's very good. Now, uh, let's start talking a little bit about you. Uh, one of the things that uh, is common to many people, as a matter of fact, uh, somebody just last week uh, asked me for an opinion because he is a designer and was redoing his website and he didn't know how to talk about himself and the many things that he is interested in. You have the same problem. And, and uh, I do too, except that I don't care about it. So um, what is this problem? And, and is it a problem of somebody having many interests, a polyhedric personality, and having some difficulty in conveniently representing him or herself to others so that he can be put in a box? 
Yeah, I, I feel you, brother. And uh, this is actually a painful, a painful experience, painful, a painful situation I've been experiencing uh, since everywhere in my life. And um, sometimes it becomes so painful that I cannot uh, sustain it. And so I invite my friends and uh, unfortunately for them, I ask them to listen to me. And what I found useful is to get out all of the mess that you have in your brain in terms of passions, interests, and things that you like and you love, and um, let uh, your friends try to recognize some patterns to make sense together, to me, is the most valuable thing. And something that I really appreciate, for instance, in what you do, David, is that, uh, as you were saying, you don't care in a way that it's a little bit, you know, a provocation and a way of living. And this has been always a problem with my culture because I always uh, taught, I've been taught to be, you know, all set up perfectly. And uh, you know, you need to do things in the proper way, not specifying what's the proper way. And this is a limitation. Now to, to fight this limitation, it took me several years. And this is when uh, I decided that um, to build my online identity or my identity, I didn't care anymore about being perfect or having specific titles. So I invented some ways to, to manage this. And um, I started to collect labels. And I said, uh, if I want to be interesting in a certain context and I have a label that is relevant, I will use that label. If I don't want <laughs> to talk with people, I will say the opposite. And it worked. So this is one of the ways to manage with uh, multiple facets of your identities. Well, uh, wouldn't you say that uh, uh, I, I played around with the lights uh, while you were on full screen and, oh, and it, didn't, it didn't go very well? <laughs> <laughs> I will ask some additional questions and play around uh, yeah, a bit yeah. more. Yeah, please, go ahead. Uh, but um, uh, we, we are all full people, right? Uh, we are not uh, monodimensional or bidimensional. We are multidimensional. And as in the beautiful uh, book Flatland by Abbott, uh, talking about how uh, a hypercube, uh, or actually a cube first, oh, I spoiled it, uh, how a cube meets uh, the inhabitants of a bidimensional bi world and, and uh, how uh, it is difficult for them to communicate because the cube is not suffering from, from uh, their limitations. Similarly, I believe it shouldn't be your fault that you have so many interests if you are efficient in pursuing your, your, those interests. Uh, and anybody should be able to see you in a given projection and then if you develop a deeper and broader relationship with them that projection will encompass more and more of what you are so in that sense uh, to establish a professional relationship that uh, is uh, based on just a, a given section and a given perception of uh, of what you are is perfectly appropriate in my opinion Yes, this is true, I agree, but um, 
it's a matter of your uh, uh, culture and attitude to life. Um, I feel that um, in most of our contests, especially, I would say, in my family, my life, uh, especially in Italian culture, when we talk about school and how you develop as a human being, uh, this is not promoted, this is not facilitated, because you need to at least know, this is my, my story, you need to find your place as soon as possible, you need to settle down, and you need to find your title, and you're going to be your professional title. And this has been a curse to me. This is one extreme, but at the same time, the opposite of being completely open, but superficial on many different topics like a butterfly without ever, you know, focusing on something and going by deep diving, you know, the, the, the metaphor of uh, T-shaped people, uh, by the way, I am O-shaped people. When you can go wide on topics, but if you are uh, appalled on a specific uh, uh, concept, you are able to go down and and be be able to have a profound conversation this is for instance what i really appreciate when we meet because we can talk about anything life universe or c plus plus but one uh, of the one of the things that is is beautiful about uh, uh, this uh, uh, experiment uh, if after 26 episodes i can still uh, call it an experiment is the interaction we have uh, with our viewers and uh, we have uh, a very, very loyal viewer, Emiliano, saying Robert Wave um, Duck. Thank you, Emiliano. Very, very much appreciated. And uh, we have Eray Oskural from Turkey, Istanbul, saying, what if you are not efficient? Even dilettantes are cooler than Jerry's. And you know, Eral, as it came out of my mouth, I knew it was wrong. Thank you for pointing it out. Uh, being polyhedric and having many interests is not uh, valuable in proportion of how efficient you are about any of them. And, and being a, a, an amateur, being a dilettante is absolutely worthy uh, and, and nobody should pretend that only professionals have the right uh, to do the certified acts that nobody else uh, uh, should be permitted to, to, to do. So, what you said uh, about uh, uh, Italian culture uh, is, is, is sad because uh, the, the necessity of telling a very young person that they are whatever happens to them in that moment for the rest of their lives is is a necessity a hundred years ago but it is a profound condemnation today and it 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 uh, really uh, forces an entire population not to experiment not to uh, enjoy the alternatives possible, not to evolve with the needs and necessities of society as it is improved by technology. So, so uh, what uh, what do you do with your own children or child? How can you how can you tolerate this kind of uh, 
uh, violence uh, that they they go under at school uh, this is a serious issue and uh, i live it uh, every day uh, what i do is to try to nurture an environment that is conducive to be eclectic and with many interests and uh, I try to always invite uh, my child to anything that I do and sometimes I use him as a sparring partner as a creative person uh, I did that um, yesterday for a, a workshop I had to organize with 100 people and I tested the prototype with him and I said um, work with me for one hour I want to see how it works and um, the difference is uh, is that uh, is in how you treat the person. Because if you treat it as a child that needs to be, you know, fed and, uh, you know, one day you will become, this is what our parents were doing with us and I don't want that. So I talk to him when I want as a child, as, a, as my son, but most of the time as a person and talk, and I talk with him about, uh, you know, going to Mars or what Elon Musk is doing or, uh, the, 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 the context uh, uh, by David Orban talking about uh, living on the moon and he is so excited and sometimes you know it's like it's like planting seeds you cannot see the immediate uh, uh, fruits of that but after years or weeks you get some returns because he comes back with drawings with ideas with worlds you want to build on Minecraft and this is fantastic but you have to be present in everything that happens you need to change your attitude so um, educators or parents or relatives are absolutely important in the environment of uh, young minds uh, one of the things that we like to do uh, on top of uh, saying hello to to people uh, who come on the show like uh, silvina who's saying uh, 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 Buenos Aires, uh, hola Silvina, como estas? Uh, or uh, ciao Max from Dario Cataldi, which uh, I assume is a friend of yours, uh, ciao, Dario. Uh, Max. Um, another thing that we, we, we like to do uh, in, the, in the little uh, traditions that we are developing day by day and then discarding as soon as they become a burden rather than carrying them forth uh, uh, through generations who lost every uh, respect for the tradition but they still cling to it because uh, uh, they were meaningful uh, thousands of years ago i don't know that if that is going to happen with uh, with the show but but in the meantime our new uh, and newborn tradition is to show where we were uh, with a previous guest and we were in Zurich and before Zurich Switzerland we were in Beijing China and before Beijing China we were in Nairobi Kenya and before Nairobi Kenya we were many other places so from Zurich which is in the middle of uh, Europe let's go to Rome where uh, where Massimo is with the Pope <laughs> hello max hello pope yeah um how how is life in rome these days uh, with the lockdown and everything 
Uh, it's a surreal. I would say you would see scenes that are really familiar to any other place um, around the world. Uh, and um, the first time that I had to get out to buy groceries, uh, I always like to say it seems it seemed to me like I was living in a in a in a movie scene from you know uh, Twelve Monkeys. I feel like you know I was Bruce Willis. <laughs> navigating this incredibly deserted world and uh, I was scared I was you know you you see people um, in long queues and they are way farther than two meters one from the other and you can feel you know the the embarrassment the fear in in, in the eyes of people and it is especially uh, unnatural in Italy, right? Where the queues are, are one person pushing one over the other and on yeah. the side. And Well, on one side, you still see the elder being absolutely not disciplined, even the youngers. One of the best scenes I was uh, uh, testifying was uh, a person, you know, with gloves, plastic gloves and, and, the, and the mask went into a bakery and with some a piece of uh, pizza bianca, I just you know put down the the mask and he started to eat in the middle of the road like nothing was happening. And I said, so why are you wearing the mask then? <laughs> you know, you don't have to. <laughs> and he said, but I am hungry. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> <laughs> it's on the other side. Uh, this was more than one month ago. The first time that I met my my mother-in-law, and the instinct was to hug ourselves. And I said, okay, no, no, Maria, we need to touch our feet. This is what we used to do in China. So this is our way of saying hello. And it was uh, fun and sad at the same time. Yeah, it is amazing. I, what I call it is a boring horror movie. Right? Yeah. yeah, too slow. <laughs> uh, uh, Habib Hussain, uh, uh, I don't know how he did it. He just made an empty <laughs> comment. That's so Habib... Welcome, welcome to the show. Um, we have a lot of uh, followers in Pakistan because one of our guests from uh, a few days ago very kindly um, invited me to broadcast the show on uh, his pages as well. Uh, his name is Rehan Alahwala and he has 1.5 million likes on his pages. So, um, uh, we get uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people uh, watching and commenting uh, from uh, from um, uh, Pakistan as well. Uh, Erai adds uh, to his uh, previous uh, uh, remark that in Turkey the parents seem to think that it is a national duty to crush the creative inclinations of children, and this slave mentality uh, ought to to change. Uh, and uh, and uh, it is, uh, you know, an opportunity what we have today to discover uh, so many uh, different ways of, of doing things. And I hope uh, that is uh, actually going to, uh, to happen because uh, a lot of people who postponed the adoption of modern tools are now forced to use uh, video conferencing and shared uh, collaborative uh, platforms. Uh, documents uh, either on Google or Microsoft Teams or maybe some open source uh, solution as well uh, and uh, and they are uh, hopefully 
going to realize that there is nothing to fear, that uh, it is going to be uh, good to keep going with these tools, even when the uh, the peak of the pandemic have has passed, and when when children go back to school, and uh, and uh, when uh, uh, the workers are are back in their their offices. So one of the the points that we want to discuss today is actually what is the difference and what is the relationship between the objective of knowledge management and the tools of knowledge management because they certainly are complementary but we are often confused and especially those like me who enjoy playing around with the tools forget that becoming um, proficient in the use of the tools is not itself the goal. That the goal is applying the tools to whatever you originally wanted to do with them, right? So what do you think about this, uh, specifically the relationship between the tools of knowledge management and the, and the ability of managing knowledge? Uh, I think this is um, a beautiful question. This is the essential... Um um, concept that we need to address uh, for people like me who likes to play with everything and experiment everything and uh, they keep on having thousands of ideas everything they do having infinite space at their finger for free it's uh, a curse it's like you know the specific tool you're using right now Facebook or Instagram or Twitter with that finger, if you keep on scrolling, 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 it's just, it's like drugs. It's like drug, you know, you, you're addicted. You go there and you scroll for hours. Now, the same is when you can save any piece of information uh, with the idea, with the illusion that one day I will read it or having the illusion of knowledge. Since I have grabbed a beautiful piece of writing or or an article or a video, I have the illusion, you know, the, the dopamine boost saying, oh, wow, I'm smarter. And this is unfortunately so easy that I frequently fall into that. And this is what I'm trying to fight by trying to be more intentional. This is the most important thing we need to nurture in our children, in ourselves, to be intentional. Now, I'm not saying that we have to be open to experiencing serendipity, finding things where you're not looking for it. Okay, it's fine, but that cannot be the 90% of our lives. At the same time, trying to be more intentional um, needs discipline. Well, I'm not very good at that. So I'm doing a lot of efforts in trying to say, why am I saving this link? I've been collecting information since 1994, three, 95 since the internet uh, became available uh, in Italy. And uh, I still have those collections. I still have after 25 years, the idea back in my mind that one day maybe I will review them because I remember there was something interesting. And it's like, you know, prehistory. It's, it's uh, archaeology of myself. It's very interesting because I discovered that after 20 years, I really don't care. I could not care less about what I was saving 20 years ago. So the difference today is not what I'm saving, but what I'm going to do with that information. 
Um, I I like um, letting go of things that once I thought were so important. I feel uh, it uh, as a cathartic moment when I realize that uh, it had its place and now it has a different place and I can do without. Um, <laughs> I also like saving stuff in the knowledge that I am not going to, for example, read the article uh, that, that I am saving. But I have an expectation of an increasing utility in the tools that surround me so that they will be able to derive the correlations among the components of the information that I am saving in order to surface in a contextual manner what is relevant in a given time in the future. And, and there are glimpses of that already. For example, even though it is a tool that we used to love and now it, we love it less because we believe it may not last forever and we are a little bit afraid of its proprietary nature and format, Evernote, when you start writing, it's pretty good bringing you other notes saying this might be relevant to, to, to what you are uh, writing. And, and uh, uh, also uh, there are other, other tools that, that are doing similar things. Do you believe that it is reasonable to expect uh, AIs to become um, effective assistants and uh, and um, pretend uh, that that uh, whatever uh, we don't do because because uh, we don't want to make the effort uh, they will do in our place? I hope so. Uh, but, of course, we have to discuss what we mean by that. I've been dreaming about Google before uh, it was born. I was dreaming about uh, Yahoo groups before it became a reality. And my idea was to have uh, my brain in a digital format so that I could share it with anybody else uh, on the Internet and I could create connection while I was uh, sleeping. Uh, at the same time, having, you know, uh, uh, the assistance by Google or Alexa, it's, uh, for now, it's a little, little bit more than, than a toy. But uh, when you mention tools like uh, Evernote, or, you know, that, that there is Notion, there, is, uh, there are free tools, uh, very powerful, advanced. But still, if you are not disciplined, they are going to become a mess very soon. So we're not there yet. What I really like is when Google uh, lets uh, bubble up some information that are relevant to me without me even asking. For instance, before the lockdown, uh, I used to take uh, voice notes and record them and by walking. And I used to track my, you know, the, the, the distance I was doing using Google Fit. And now Google Fit is an app that is part of the Google ecosystem. Well, what is really interesting is that um, I receive suggestions about the pace that I am keeping, if I have to do more or less according to the statistics in the week or the month, and I don't have to do anything. I don't have to say start, stop. I just have to work. One day, this is what happens. I was, uh, you know, passing by a major street, uh, and Google said, uh, do you want to take the bus? <laughs> because the bus is supposed to pass by. And it was, it was, great 
I, I mean, I don't want to take the bus, but having these kind of relevant suggestions for me now, this is what I want. And I want this to happen with my thoughts. I want Google to say, 30 years ago, you were thinking about this. Do you want to have some more information about this concept? Because there is David talking about this right now. This is what I want. Or, or given your browsing history, I know that whatever you attempted 30 years ago, you were not ready, but yes. now you are ready yes. because you have acquired the skills and what you wrote uh, contains uh, certain uh, uh, components. Um, uh, Silvina is, is saying that uh, she remembers a meeting uh, we had, actually it was a Network Society meetup in Buenos Aires five years ago, and she has been so inspired that is, she, she's still uh, uh, looking forward to be able to implement the full set of, 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 of tools and stimulations uh, in the schools uh, where, is, uh, where she's, uh, she's uh, uh, working on, on education. And uh, we have uh, Sabina Spagna, uh, saying that children must be stimulated in every context. Uh, uh, and this is called uh, divergent uh, thought. Uh, and it is also a successful movie and a book. Haven't read it, but uh, uh, I know it's very popular. Cosimo is say, saying hi as well um, from uh, um, actually a few meters away. And... Uh, uh, he's he's hogging the bandwidth. Luckily, we we are on fiber, so it shouldn't be a problem for the broadcast. Uh, and uh, um, Emiliano is chiming in with Neuralink. So let me actually uh, say something about uh, uh, the, the the deeper and farther R and D uh, things here, because of course. Aren't we inspired when we hear something like what uh, uh, Elon Musk is telling they are aiming to do? And just to remind those viewers who don't know, Neuralink is one of the newest Elon Musk companies where he is able to rapidly assemble an excellent team where he gives instructions coming from his approach of first principles redesign of solutions to achieve a tenfold or a hundredfold improvement on anything that was possible before. And specifically, uh, Neuralink wants to achieve the ability to interface uh, our brain and our thoughts directly with computers, and why not, obviously, on the other side with other humans, uh, at a depth and a speed and a completeness that would make us all, for every practical purpose, telepathic. What he correctly says that we have a problem of bandwidth. If we communicate like this, uh, whatever the bold rate, the effective transmission of information via a spoken wor word, well, we know it is not a very high rate especially if I am boring and you stop listening and then I have to do something to regain your attention, the bode rate drops. So Neuralink wants to increase the communication bandwidth between humans and our exocortex, the availability of all the computational platforms and applica applications that we are building at a rate that is not limited 
by our ability to understand it. It is growing so fast that uh, uh, we can only glimpse at the contours of what is possible within the echo, uh, 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 the exo exocortex. Uh, the, um, the 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 challenge uh, to respond to Emiliano's uh, remark is that the aims of Neuralink are so ambitious and the intervention is so delicate that at the beginning necessarily appropriately the people who will experience it are for example the tetraplegic the people who uh, had an accident and their nerve has been severed uh, or damaged in their neck they cannot move their hands they cannot move their uh, limbs they just uh, are in a, in a wheelchair or, or on their bed. And just like 20 years ago when I was um, working uh, um, in, in the pioneering times of uh, speech recognition, when it, was, it, it took two, three hours to train the recognition system uh, a dozen words to recognize, the only people who would, would go through the effort of doing that were uh, the, the, the paralyzed. Today, the first attempts with Neuralink will be uh, on people who have no alternative. But yes, there will be the time when the system will be less expensive, less cumbersome, less dangerous, less delicate. And it will not require an FDA approval, an exception, uh, any anymore. And that is when uh, many of us will eagerly embrace embrace that. And Biagio um, uh, is uh, is saying ciao ragazzi. Uh, we have also from funny crosstalk between not only or among not only the viewers uh, where uh, Eliyahu, a friend from Israel, is talking not to us, he's talking to Cosimo, saying, when are you coming to visit in Israel? And what is funny here is that he's not even doing it on Facebook where Cosimo was commenting, but he's doing it on Twitter. So we are now the bridge between the two platforms for our two viewers to talk among themselves. Let me read uh, this comment from uh, Muhammad Ali. And, and, and thank you, Muhammad, by the way, for your participation. He says, time is money and getting relevant knowledge needs precious time. How can we make sure that the information we get is relevant uh, and that both children and teachers can use the best methods available. So what do you say, Massimo, to that? Do exactly the opposite. Ask two children to teach to teachers. This is the very first thing you should do. And, and uh, what is needed in order for that to happen? Because um, I am sure that uh, if we take a sample of a hundred teachers, and ask them to put themselves in the shoes who somebody humbly has to take a step back 
and learn, the vast majority of them will say, no, I cannot do that because I would lose the respect I need. I wouldn't be able to keep discipline anymore. Uh, I have to follow whatever is written in the book. Only if we refer to the authority of the book and we follow the book, only then we can keep order. Uh, we need a transition in, in culture and in system because, of course, if you are living on the salary that they, you, you are getting by uh, giving tests and giving ratings, of course, you cannot do otherwise than that. So the systems need to be changed. In fact, I think the teachers right now, they are uh, victims of the system. They are not only the perpetrators of what they're doing. So I feel compassion and I'm empathetic to them because when I was a teacher like them, I am a teacher, I had the luxury of doing whatever that I wanted. So in any class that I was teaching, I said, uh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do computer graphics. You want to do photography. Let's do photography. And the students, you know, didn't pass the course, but he was so happy and he changed his life. He did another job. And after 15 years, he's saying, thank you, Max. It's, it's so funny because uh, I took a, a screenshot uh, in my interface, uh, Mohammed's uh, 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 photo, account photo, uh, looks uh, to the left. And, and you are to his left and you were looking to the right. And it was as if uh, you were talking to each other. Um, now, what about the family pressure where the need to study in order to pass a given admission to the next school and then the next school and then the next school for 20 years at least or you know uh, if somebody stops at high school after 12 years or, or 13 years whatever it is Is, is, is there because we are talking about children and, and teachers and the families, right? All three have to agree that the current system is not working. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is absolutely tangible and real to me and painful because that's exactly what's happening. So the, when we talk about changing the system, the system has different levels. And the first level is yourself. Then you have to go in circles and expand them gradually and see who you have near you. You have your family. This is still the system. And then you get outside, then you have the school, and then you have the nation state, the government, and then the world. So you cannot act, you know, top down or bottom up. You have to intervene in all of those levels. That is why it's so difficult. And of course, you need to be convincing and effective in a uh, intervening and applying changes at all levels. Uh, that's why it's so difficult. That's why I'm, I keep on failing every day. Uh, Biancio is asking, uh, what do you think about using tablets instead of books and notebooks uh, in, in middle schools? So let me tell you an anecdote. Uh, uh, my daughter, who is now 20 and she uh, uh, relocated to uh, Seoul uh, after her birthday, <laughs> somewhat unexpectedly, uh, is, is going to be a guest on the show hopefully uh, soon telling about her adventures uh, and um, 
when she was in middle school, so 10 years ago, let's say, uh, I actually cut off with a, with a paper cutter the spines of her books. I sent them through an automatic feeder to have them all scanned. And I gave her an iPad. And rather than carrying in school, you know, 10 kilos or 15 kilos of books, she would go with an empty backpack and an iPad. Uh, they, and they <laughs> it was amazing. Can, can I hire you? Can you do that for us? The problem is it's, uh, it's even worse the, than that. The teachers were completely confused, alarmed, incensed. They, they, they didn't understand. It was, it was just, just, uh, just amazing. And um, uh, all my children have uh, uh, alternative, uh, you know, trajectories with respect to what is the uh, official, uh, official uh, curriculum. Uh, oh, Cosimo says. Actually, I enslaved him to do it. It wasn't me. He says it was him doing it. <laughs> All right. Um, now, now one, one thing, though. Um, since the title of this episode is Knowledge Management, yep. it is not surprising that we are talking about schools and children. But the same challenges are applied also in the workplace. We are a very hierarchical and centralized decision system pretends to assign you tasks that you do unquestioningly and then measures the time that you spend on the task. And the more time you spend, the more important the task is. Uh, and and uh, if you question the method, you are um seen as 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 rebellious and dangerous and and set aside now i'm of course describing the worst possible uh workplace but um is 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 the challenge harder or easier in your opinion to recalibrate the 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 minds and the culture around uh, what we really need to focus on, what matters in terms of how to cope with the information flow and, and, and what is happening? Uh, let's say that uh, it depends on the environment where you're working and um, you're talking about workplace or, or personal knowledge management. They are two different things, but of course, uh, uh, there, okay. are, uh, there are the same kind of approaches and, and, and methods. In the workplace, if you are in the old school, I don't think you have any chance. You have to follow hierarchy. I've been having some pains in working in a very, you know, strictly hierarchical systems where I wanted to share knowledge, share information with my colleagues, higher and lower. It was a problem. It was a problem because I was not respecting the hierarchy. Now, in a very formal scientific environment, I can even think it, it could be there could be some benefits, of course, because otherwise it's uh, completely uh, chaos. But I still feel that it's a sort of limitation because uh, it's very old school. You know, you, you get uh, the, the stick on your hand. Why did you do that? You have to pass by me. And uh, even if you go a little bit lower, medium uh, sides, the organization, even in Italy, they are still like this. 
when instead you go and work uh, work with people that um, are more open and modern in terms of sharing and managing knowledge, what I really appreciate is where everything is transparent and available to everybody. Now, you have other kind of problems because you have too much. And we need to talk about this because this is the first step of liberating knowledge, but then it becomes too much. So what is the next step? The next step is to curate knowledge. Uh, according to what? If I am talking about the personal knowledge mastery for myself, that would be the intention. What do I want to do with the knowledge? But if, you are, if we are working together, we need to have conversations and working actually together to discover together what we need and aggregate and let the information grow so that one day we will have clusters of something that is meaningful or relevant to us. I may have already uh, written this uh, on Facebook uh, where it most often happens, but I really don't like when somebody just uh, shares a URL and nothing else. And when they do it on their own wall, and maybe they ask me uh, to be a direct connection, what Facebook calls a friend, I look at their walls and it's just a series of links with zero context, zero opinion, zero curation, as you say. And I just can't accept because I don't need that human to be a collector of links. What I want that human to be is a thinking uh, value-adding actor that provides his or her opinion on whatever uh, is important. And evidently, if the link is shared, it must be important. But why? Right? Uh, and, and, and I don't point that out necessarily um, when I decline the connection request even though I have criteria and I do say what are the criteria that, that would be good. But when somebody does that in a group where I'm an admin, for example, I absolutely point it out very explicitly. Do not share naked links. They are meaningless. Be active. Be uh, contributing to the conversation, as you say. Uh, and talking about conversation, I want to make sure that uh, our uh, viewers can uh, find you so uh, they can go to curatella.com. Uh, yeah, is that like a, like, a, like a cold cut from Rome? It, that, that's how it sounds to me. Maybe it's uh, close, to, close to dinner. That is why I think it's like no, mortadella, not. curatella. <laughs> that's the worst uh, joke they used to do to me when I was... Uh... A young boy, but it's not. Oh, it's I'm actually, sorry. It's actually a plant, and it is uh, coming from uh, Argentina. I think it's curatella americana. It's a herbal medicine. Okay. Well, at least you can drink it uh, if you can't eat it, right? I don't know, maybe. But it's uh, yeah. nice because it's near curating curatella. All right, all right. So um, on your website, curatella.com, there are the contact information uh, uh, and uh, people get uh, in, in, can get in touch with you yes. to have you design and facilitate and write and do all the other wonderful things, including provoke and upset and disrupt, yeah, uh, why not? Which, which, you, which you do very well as well. 
Thanks. So uh, as we go towards uh, the the end uh, of our hour together, uh, what would you like uh, the people who are here uh, take away? Uh, what can they do to to make our conversation actionable to them? Oh, that's a beautiful question. Uh, I am a technologist. I am a software developer. I do software engineer. I love technology. What I will tell you is forget about technology, widgets, smartphones, unless you can use those toys to really augment your brain. The first thing that I would suggest is to write. You have to write. You have to keep things out of your brain. Writing is painful if you're not accustomed to it. To reach, uh, uh, you know, the stage of publishing on my blog, I've been writing a quarter of a million of words privately. Nowhere to be found, only for me. And it was an immense uh, effort. And, and, and you, you posted it somewhere, maybe on Facebook, and I commented, well, where are those words? Yeah, yes. Why are you hiding them? And... and uh, <laughs> Yeah, what, uh, what I suggest is to try to work on your character by building a habit. It's even more painful than quitting smoking or sugar. It's even worse than that. But once you discover the power of having, you know, an outlet getting out from, from your brain, it's a superpower. You cannot do without it. You will change. You will change your life. So, right you will think better, publish, and then think about technology. So the people who should be recommending technology as the solution, you specifically uh, recommend a, a deeper analysis and understanding of the objectives and of uh, the outcomes and only when that is better understood to find the tools. But at the end, tools do make us uh, better and faster in achieving what we want to do, or even sometimes to do what seemed impossible. When we couldn't read or write, the ability to aggregate and curate knowledge was severely limited by our... Um, uh, by our uh, verbal, uh, vocal culture. There is a better expression for it. Uh, the invention of writing was fundamental. It, when when uh, we uh, invented uh, the airplanes, we really started to do something that all humans dreamed about and, and almost all of them believed it would never happen and it would be impossible. So... Uh, I understand and agree that uh, analyzing uh, in the abstract or, or within yourself, uh, what are your goals? How do you really want to, to uh, understand the, the task of, of the knowledge that you are managing is important. But I also think that uh, the tools and technologies can help us uh, overachieve with respect of what we would be doing without them. I agree completely. I could not live without technology. And that's why I have uh, several thousands of uh, digital books. I have uh, an enormous amount of notes and collections. And there are tools that will help you if you have your intention to collect a certain kind of, of knowledge. For instance, 
you mentioned Evernote. I would uh, like to give you some suggestions about some tools. One is uh, a random note for Evernote that would pick for you randomly every day a note from the past. So it will re would reemerge. You would get inspiration about something you have said in the past. Another, another suggestion is the, uh, yeah, you showing the Zettelkasten uh, website where this uh, concept is taken to an extreme. Uh, this guy in the 60s created a, a slip box method where every concept would have been written on a, on a card as a note, and every note would be connected to others through a relationship. So basically, by following numbers, he would have been able to create a dialogue with himself, with his brain, and that was on paper. Okay, two days, I would never do that, although maybe in my back you can see something I wanted to reproduce. Today, I would do that with Evernote, with Notion, with Readwise, with Kindle. I would export all the notes that I'm getting on my Kindle, okay, and using a, um, a, a tool that is called Readwise.io, I would get uh, all this interesting uh, uh, piece of uh, knowledge to come back up to me, maybe in six months, maybe in three months. So technology can uh, uh, absolutely help. If you go on my website, crotelado.com uh, slash notes, that is my experiment. That is my uh, second brain online because it's there where I want to take my notes. I mean, to write something publicly, you need to be confident. Am I writing something that makes sense? And then you need to connect it. That, that's why I have keywords pointing at, at key concepts that I want to use in the articles that I'm writing. It's a lot of work, but that's the way to do it. Wonderful. So uh, Massimo, thank you very much for uh, being a guest uh, on the show. And uh, uh, certainly, uh, Dario uh, will be let down. He believed that we would give him the final solution. What do you need to do? Maybe we will, but it is very expensive. We will send you the invoice, Dario, and the final solution will be there after you pay. Or maybe we don't have it. And it is actually a question of individual uh, experimentation. Uh, here on uh, searching for the question live, uh, that is uh, what I do uh, every day, experiment uh, with, uh, with new tools uh, and uh, invite uh, guests uh, to take part uh, in these uh, conversations. Um, you uh, can also vote uh, for who would you like to be one of our next uh, guests uh, on uh, the URL that you see uh, on the screen. And uh, you can come and participate uh, in the Discord community to have uh, conversations uh, that uh, we can uh, have uh, beyond uh, the live stream uh, as well. Uh, and uh, the uh, opportunity uh, is absolutely uh, open for us to, to keep these, these conversations. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, if you believe that there is value in what, uh, what we are doing, uh, I also invite you to sign up uh, on uh, my uh, Discord, uh, 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 on my Patreon, uh, apologies, uh, to, uh, 
to support searching uh, for the question live. Uh, I also want uh, to tell you that uh, today uh, I will be uh, speaking at uh, the EXO World uh, Summit. And if you come uh, to this uh, URL, you can still buy tickets uh, to the event. Yesterday was the first day and it was wonderful. Uh, the participants, more than a thousand people together, were note-taking uh, frantically uh, around uh, what was happening with the various uh, speakers. More than a hundred people on the same document uh, collaborating. Um, also, the recordings of the talks are available. Um, that is why I don't hesitate to recommend if you want to come, it's still worth uh, buying the ticket, which is discounted if you go uh, to the URL that I'm showing right now. And uh, I also want to make another announcement. Uh, we will have, starting tomorrow, uh, an Italian live show. Uh, they will be probably less useful to the followers of Rehan Alahvala because they definitely speak uh, Urdu and they definitely speak English, but they very likely do not speak uh, Italian. And that is why it will be streamed on uh, a different uh, channel. And uh, let me see if I can display uh, rapidly uh, the, the channel URL, because you will need to follow that channel as well. It is davidorban.com slash uh, YouTube Italiano. All right. So uh, go to this uh, uh, URL if you want to subscribe to my Italian channel, where tomorrow at uh, 2.30 we will have our first guest, Augusto Fazioli, uh, talking about what is Idea Sospesa, that certainly uh, has a relationship with uh, the famous uh, uh, Café Sospeso uh, that uh, the uh, the um, uh, Naples people invented uh, where you pay uh, an espresso but you don't drink it. Uh, the next person who comes and maybe he cannot afford an espresso will uh, drink it instead. So what is Idea Sospesa? Uh, come to uh, this, uh, uh, this live uh, stream tomorrow at uh, 2.30 on the channel davidorban.com slash YouTube Italiano. That's it for today. And uh, thank you very much. I will see you tomorrow twice. I will see you at 2.30 in Italian. And I will see you at uh, 7 o'clock in English. Goodbye. <music>